Welcome to Hatching Creativity. This isn't just another behavioral health podcast. This is the place where thought leaders converge to talk about real life challenges, breakthroughs, and pivotal aha moments. Thanks for tuning in to Hatching Creativity. Today I get to speak with TJ Woodward. He's a clinician, advocate, author, and the founder of Conscious Recovery. In today's episode, we speak about recognizing the light and the dark sides to the skills we've developed by overcoming traumatic events in our lives. We also talk about understanding people's reactions and being curious and present rather than being judgmental. If you like what you hear, please like, share, subscribe, and tell all your friends about Hatching Creativity. One of the things that I've been talking about lately that I'd love to get your feedback on is through traumatic events in our lives, we end up creating these coping mechanisms of certain things that actually become skill sets that we can use. And I've been speaking about how you can really turn adversity into a superpower and what I want to do is just, I'm going to give you my personal story on this, and then I'd love to hear your feedback, TJ. Yeah. So due to past experiences in my life and dealing with people who are unpredictable, one second, they're one way, the next second, they're somewhere else. It created my superpower, which is a hypersensitivity to other people and their mood their body language, the way they speak, their tone of their voice. And I'm always analyzing these kinds of things because I want to make sure that I'm not going to be surprised by somebody's change in in one way or another. And what that's done is it's created my superpower, which is the ability to build a relationship with people and being able to really connect by being able to feel that mood. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and how you maybe people can use something from this podcast to recognize their own superpowers. Well, first of all, I love that you're using the term superpower because when we created the Conscious Recovery for Teen workbook, uh, I collaborated with my friend and colleague, Dr. Jessica Bird Olmstead, and we actually called what was once known as coping mechanism. I In conscious recovery, I call them brilliant strategies. But when it came to the teen workbook, we actually called them superpowers. And what we wanted to acknowledge is that they are superpowers and there is a light and a shadow to all of it. So like you, I grew up with someone in my life, and you didn't exactly say this, but I'll say when you were talking, what was coming through for me is um, I grew up with a mother who I absolutely love and adore, and she was very unpredictable. Um, It was back in the day when people didn't get a lot of mental health diagnoses and or a lot of treatment for it. So she vacillated between rage or depression. So like you, I became highly attuned. As a matter of fact, in my 20s, when I was doing my who am I? What is my personality? I was taking every personality test that you could possibly take. (laughs) And one personality test I took said, my number one trait is highly attuned to the motivation of others. And that absolutely came because or came from me not really always being able to trust what people were saying or what they were doing. I had to feel the energy of it. I became highly attuned or what we would call um, highly intuitive, which has become one of the greatest gifts of my life. Now, 
Anytime we look at whether we call it a superpower or as I like to call it a brilliant strategy, many times we look at in what ways is it not serving us? I always want to start with where did we develop it? In which way, in what way is it brilliant? How is it serving me? And then what is the shadow side or what is the side where it may be no, no longer serving me? Always starting with the positive and looking at, as you said, they developed as a skill and, and we're actually quite brilliant. Humans are quite brilliant. We develop a way to manage or cope. And I call them brilliant strategies because usually when we get down to the root of it, people will say some version of it was keeping me safe. And so it becomes an automatic response when something in our world happens, we get what we used to call triggered, we get activated, we might unconsciously go into that strategy, even though they may no longer really be bringing us what we desire. I love that. I think that's a great way to for people to start that introspective thinking as to and every, as with everything, right? There's two sides to every coin. You've got the the dark side, the shadow side, and you've got the light side. In my situation, I definitely feel that that shadow side is a hypersensitivity to fear of abandonment is where mine comes in, right? So what ends up creating is anxiety. It creates anxiety that that hyper vigilance to, to mood and, and awareness. And I think understanding that and understanding that when you are feeling super anxious about whatever a situation is looking back at your superpowers and going, Oh, wait a second, this is what this is. And when you name it, it really makes a big difference in your ability to recognize it and do something about it. That's right. Because we want to start with, in, first of all, as you say, we first want to recognize that it's there. Most of us or many of us, until we're conscious of that, it's automatic, right? We're walking around and really being run by the unconscious programs of our life or the automatic responses. Um, forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but one of my favorite quotes from Bessel van der Kolk is trauma doesn't show up as a memory. It shows up as a reaction, right? So we end up reacting to the world from something that's not actually happening in the moment. I mean, obviously there are things in real time that we are reacting to, but for most of us, or for many of us, we're actually reacting from the past. Something happens. It touches a wound within us. We go into an automatic response, which could look like a reaction. And in some ways it keeps us safe, but we reach a point where we're saying, wow, I'm either going into anxiety, you know, that fight, flight or freeze. I'm going into that automatic response and I keep doing this and I'm getting the same results over and over and over again, because the ultimate question is, what do I truly desire? What do I truly desire here? And for most of us, we desire to connect. And in some ways, those brilliant strategies or the superpower that we've been using isn't allowing us to have the deeper connection that we truly desire because we're reacting out of our past. And until we heal that, we're really not in, in the present moment experience. It's it's something, I'm, I'm here physically, but my reactivity is coming from something that in some cases happened decades ago. Well, those are programs, right? Those subconscious programs that that happen. And it's really helpful when you can recognize those things. And the way I've found to recognize them has been understanding when I'm feeling emotional about yeah. something. You talked about biases on our, our last podcast, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a bias, but definitely when you're feeling emotional about something, you've touched a wound, 
somewhere. That's right. And That's right. Yeah. Of course, a miracle says what I'm upset about is not what I'm upset about. And I love that because then I can start to inquire, like if I'm having a big reaction to something and it doesn't necessarily seem proportional to what's happening, then there's something for me to see there. And I love that you're saying the gateway or the doorway to exploring that is through the emotion. Wow. I notice I'm having this intense emotion. Let me be curious about that. And, and usually it comes down to some core idea. You know, you, we, we talked about bias the last time. And I think bias at this point has almost a negative connotation. The truth is we're all biased to everything all the time. I like a sunny day. I don't like it when it rains. I like California. I don't like Texas. You know, we could just go on and on and on and all the ways that we have a perception about the world. It's not necessarily about getting rid of those, but it is about becoming aware of them and realizing that life is happening and I'm the one creating the meaning. Mm -hmm. And as I start to explore that, I start to realize that I actually can have a different relationship with the world when I start to unpack or unlearn or become curious about all of the core decisions that are creating the way I view and experience the world. I, I agree. And I want to also pull back for a second, too, because you touched on something really interesting a minute ago, which is about other people's reactions. Yeah. And I've seen many situations in my life, in situations that I've been in, where somebody's reaction doesn't match what I would expect their reaction to be from that situation. And one of the things I've learned is to step back and to look at that. And instead of judging that person on that reaction or go, man, that person's a real whatever about reacting that way or that person's overreacting because that's the worst thing you could say if somebody's (laughs) overreacting because what ends up happening is oftentimes people are over what we think is an overreaction to whatever that situation was, is a reaction to past trauma and past situations. So you may say, ah, stop being crazy to somebody. Yeah. Now that person may have a trauma around somebody talking to them like they were crazy at some point in their lives. And that you may have just meant it like, hey, you know, punch in the arm, kind of fun, whatever. And that person is totally upset by that conversation. Yeah. And often they're not even aware of what's happening. Right. And so if you look at, at our work in behavioral health, I see this over and over and over again. I see people reacting to patients or clients based on their behavior. And then we label the behavior instead of becoming curious about the behavior. And I think that's the fundamental shift that you and I are up to right now. It is becoming aware of, wow, this, you know, in my, in my case, when I worked full-time in treatment, there are opportunity after opportunity where I could either judge someone's behavior or I could be curious about it. I'm like, wow, she is having a very, very large reaction to the fact that the dinner isn't what she expected it to be, right? There's something there. There's some big reaction. If someone says, oh, I thought it was Mexican food night, which the program I worked at, that was like the big thing. Thursdays, everyone's happy that it's Mexican food night. And if that ever got changed, sometimes people would have a massive reaction and it really isn't about the dinner. So if I can become curious and start to ask questions and then we we can actually help someone become aware, not of their behavior, but maybe what's actually at the core of that through presence, through curiosity, through asking questions. And maybe they'll have a moment where they realize, oh my gosh, it's actually not the dinner that I'm upset about. 
it's this other thing. Mm-hmm. And you you talked about it so perfectly that the gateway or the doorway is always through the emotion. So if I'm working with someone, I would ask them, what are you feeling right now? Can you become aware of what you're feeling in your body? What emotion is present? Let's not go into the story. The story sometimes takes us out of the emotion. And the mm-hmm. emotion then is that gateway into the deeper understanding of what's truly happening. I agree. And I love the, the introspection. Thanks for tuning in to Hatching Creativity. We appreciate your support. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and tell all your friends about the show. And remember, it's never just about one thing.